0: Richard? Is this your coat? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> that guy in a little coat. That guy in a little coat. Don't. <laughs> that guy in a little
1: coat. Feel the nip pack. Feel, feel, feel the nip
2: pack. Feel, feel, feel the nip Feel, feel, feel the nip pack. Welcome to Double Impact podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. I'm Greg. Welcome back for another week, friends of the show. Can we say welcome back? Because it seems like a few of you didn't listen last week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I know I had posted the episode a day late. It's some personal affairs that got in the way of editing. Affairs I didn't realise... sounds classy. <laughs> right? It wasn't that classy? Um... I didn't know that was a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> How many of you only listen on Mondays? Come on, guy. Tuesdays also good. Yeah. Monday,
1: yeah, Monday or no day. Okay, that's cool. Mm. I get it. Monday or
2: bust. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I sound really angry. I'm just puffed out. You <laughs> did. You had to. <laughs> I had to walk from walk the lounge room, room into. You. I've just. I was just explaining to Greg off mic that I'm, I'm at a, a hefty weight currently. <laughs> Tristan's bulking is. Hundred and seven kilos. I'm nearly um, It's about a deuce and a half. I'm reaching a Tommy Boy aesthetic.
1: What what is that in pounds? Like two
2: forty. No, two thirty or something. Oh,
1: you're not quite deuce and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're about two forty odd.
2: Yeah. It's, and it's it's crazy because I'm pretty sure the rock is like two fifty. Mm. I don't look like the rock. <laughs> I oh look, well. I look like um, you know? Mac from that season of Always Sunny where he he was bulking. He was bulking, and I used to say that to you as a joke at the beginning of this bulking phase. And I've realised I think I had some form of body dysmorphia, which is the inverse of what guys typically get. You now guys get body dysmorphia where they think they're not big enough all the time. Mm. I thought I was like getting oh yeah pretty pretty good, you know. You know how you unconsciously prepare yourself to look in the mirror, but then when you catch yourself in the mirror without Unexpectedly,
1: yeah, and you sober. You see how you really look.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh like, no,
1: like like in a car window or something.
2: Yeah, or a funny like window on a storefront or, a, or something,
1: or a, or a mirror store.
2: It, those damn mirror stores. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, mirror
1: store, mirror store down on third.
2: Yeah, and so you know what? I got. I've got to go to a wedding in about eight weeks. Oh, you
1: better believe there'll be a, a mirror there.
2: I tried on this coat. I tried on my jacket. Mm-hmm. And I was a real fat guy in a little coat <laughs> scenario. Ah, way to bring it back! <laughs> it really was. It really, really was. I know you ripped it.
1: Just wear a dressing gown,
2: a muumu, a muumu with a tie. One of those ones with the tuxedo painted on. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> I guess we're here to talk about Tommy Boy, aren't we? Tommy Boy
1: is a film, yeah, that stars the late great Chris Farley.
2: Yep. And Joe Dirt. Yeah. Came out in nineteen ninety five. It did come out in nineteen ninety five. What a year! We did it last week. Fucking, we did. Which means Greg had to find a fresh member berry in two consecutive weeks for the same year.
1: Oh gosh! I tell you what, folks, it
2: can't. It's
1: not always easy. Yeah, but I've found something that I'd like to talk to you all about. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought what we could do is just have a little bit of a comparison Mm. with our top ten songs. Mm. For the year. Mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got Australia here. Okay. I've got America. Mm. I don't have England. Should I get England up?
2: Uh, There's somewhere in between.
1: We'll get them. England will do you next time. Yeah.
2: Next time. Work your way up. UK, you're, you're 12% of our yeah, listeners they, currently. Yeah,
1: so you tell your friends. <laughs> you? And I'll say, it was take that. Take that was number one. Oh, take that. Is that take that? I don't know. Is that know. boys' end? Boys' End. (laughs) Wait, hang on. That's not a band. Boys' Own.
2: Probably is a band.
1: Take That. Gary Barlow. He was the famous one, but then Robbie Robbie Williams. Williams? Yeah, but Uh. he was the backup guy.
2: Oh, was he? Gary Barlow
1: was the main man.
2: Really? And then Robbie. This is like if Michelle Williams became the famous one instead of Beyonce.
1: Yes.
2: Wow. That's I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Take That.
1: uh, Robbie Williams was the little fat backup singer up the back. And then how did he break out? He just just started. Slain. Wow. Okay, I'm going to read the top ten and then you tell me if this is Australia or America. Okay. Is that going to take too long?
2: Maybe. We'll do top five.
1: We'll do top five. Okay. Okay. Uh, number five, On Bended Knee, Boys oh, to Men. Wow. What a tune. Number five, Another Night, MC Saar and The Real McCoy.
2: Yeah, okay. So Bended Knee is US. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we have those? Do, 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 do. Oh my god. Another not another oh, dream. So and okay. And it takes up that's in my brain. I didn't ask for it. That could be other valuable information in there, but instead I got that oh, fucking this song This is
1: actually really easy. Yeah.
2: And embarrassing.
1: <laughs> Number four, Mouth by Bell Bainbridge.
2: Okay, yep, that's Australia. Or Good num- song though, by the way. Did I did I message you the other day? It came on in the in the car. And I added it to my piano list because it's good. It's tight. Okay. It's a good song. She's what a tight about, lyricist. Everything a, fits so
1: neatly. What a, the other? Sorry. S- <laughs> um, we're going to move on. Okay. We're going to keep it moving. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Mmm. I'm going to kiss from a rose there. Which is which? You already said Meryl's Australia. Oh, okay. Australia.
2: This is still, yeah, yeah, Meryl's Australia.
1: Oh, okay, correct. Yeah. Makes the next one a bit harder though. Okay. Number three, Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> still. Australia. Hey. America was Creep by TLC.
2: Oh. <laughs> They're okay. pajamas. That was a very uh, special highlight of my crazy video call cool VHS that I picked up with my birthday money that year. Oh,
1: yeah. Number two, off the same album, Don't Go Chasing. Waterfalls. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Very popular Instagram subject for when people take a picture of a waterfall. They like to say, "Don't go
2: chasing waterfalls." People are clever. Or they might say,
1: "I ignored TLC." (laughs) Or they might say, "Chase waterfalls. They're beautiful."
2: Twelve months later, take me back. Oh, take me back. Take me back.
1: Cry face. Yeah. Was waterfalls number two in Australia, or what's the other song? Staying Alive by Entrance.
2: <laughs> Get
1: full with the fever on the dance floor.
2: <laughs> I guess that was Australia. Was Australia. So yeah. wait, okay, but Creep, I mean, Waterfalls might have been number one in Australia, is that why? No. Because where's Waterfalls? Not in the top five. Waterfalls was 16
1: and Creep didn't, Creep just didn't rank in Stryer.
2: Fuck, Waterfalls directed by the director of Friday. That's right. Gary Gray, F. Gary Gray. Yeah, it's friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Uh,
1: both countries have the same number one song. Look, it's Gangster's Paradise,
2: okay? Number one song in both, both countries. Both countries. The song that brought us all together. Mm. I like it at karaoke when now. Coolio didn't know if he would go on to see 24, The Way Things. He was, The Way Things was going, he didn't I know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, did I
1: ever tell you I thought that was Biggie? Really? The guy sitting down singing. Well, he was a Big fella. Mm, and I didn't really know who Biggie was properly then.
2: Yeah, and it was pre-internet, so. Forgiven. Yeah. And it's a it's a Stevie Wonder. Well, not a sample, but a.
1: Pretty much. Like yeah. a cover. Of cover, songs. I guess, yeah. A, a rearrangement.
2: There's so many songs like that from, you know, growing up only listening to hip-hop, thinking this is all, re- even though the whole point of hip-hop is, you know, over different people's beats. But <laughs> you grow up and you're like, oh, that's that song. It's like oh. growing up and. Seeing the thing that The Simpsons was referencing. Yeah, or or realizing that Santa's not real. (laughs) Yeah, but growing up on Simpsons and rap songs. What about a rapping Santa? All these samples. You didn't know were samples. And Mm. rapping Santas, I suppose. Rapping Presents. Yeah. That's where it came from. Tyler Perry should make a rapping Santa movie. He should.
1: What else happened in 1995 from a film film perspective?
2: A few movies came out. Uh, We talked about it last week, but um, Mm, since mm. no one listened, I I might recap some of them. Uh, um, Little Monsters. Little Monsters came out. No, it didn't. Sudden Death. The sudden Death came <laughs> out.
1: down in 147.
2: And you may have guessed from um, one of the songs there, Batman Forever also came out. Ah.
1: Kiss from a Rose Seal.
2: You know what movie came in at number seven that year? Seven. Oh.
1: Yeah. is that? It's so marketing.
2: Yeah. Um, interestingly, also coming out this year was Billy Madison. Billy Madison came in at number 75. Mm. Beating it by 13 was a little movie called Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy came out in March of 1995, budgeted $20 million, a gross of $32.7 million. I believe it only got released at cinemas in the US, hence the lower number. I think a movie like this, you know, a lot of it's coming off the, the equity of a TV oh, star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That wasn't necessarily a TV star in other in other markets like Australia. Mm-hmm. Correct. In terms of Rotten Tomatoes scores, critic score of 42%, which is identical to Billy Madison. Audience score of 90%. <laughs> <laughs> really, which is higher than Billy Matt. This might be the highest uh, gap we've yeah, had.
1: The, the, the King of the Delta.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is a real Delta Goodram. This one. Mm. Um, now, driving, really bringing down that forty-two percent was uh, the Roger Eberts of the world. Uh huh. Gave it one star. Yeah, it made his a fan. most hated list. Yeah, he said Tommy Boy is one of those movies that plays like an explosion down at the screenplay factory. <laughs> mm. You can almost picture a bewildered office boy his face smudged with snot, wandering through the ruins and rescuing pages at random. Too bad they didn't mail them to the insurance company instead of filming them. Oh, Roger. Rog. Roger. Roger. Roger.
1: I hope he's up there having a whiskey sour with Farley right now.
2: He probably is. I like to think. I would like to think that too. Um. So, you know, not not a huge box office smash, not a critical roaring success either, but it would go on to be um, one of the top home video sellers for Paramount. Mm, yeah. uh, top ten, in fact. Of? The ever Of their home video selling DVDs and shit. VHS DVDs. Did you get that? This, uh, Paramount is, they're, they're, they're no slouch. This is, this is Indiana Jones. This is The Godfather. These are big movies. Coming to America. Amongst which is Dummy Boy. That's of significance.
1: Why did I say Coming to America with a, South African accent. <laughs> I
2: don't know. We'll never know. I don't know. Uh, but was this a big one for you, Greg? No. Yeah, eventually? Uh, no. We're interesting. I, I was quite, I mean, I alluded to it before, but we didn't know who Chris Farley was then in mm. Australia. He. There was no equity there. He annoyed me. Yeah, I'll be I wrote, honest. exactly. I found him annoying. I wrote that in my notes. I remember seeing this trailer and going, mm. that looks fucking stupid. Yeah, and
1: David Spade wasn't a big David Spade guy. Man.
2: And if you remember, which you probably don't because it was our second episode or something with Billy Madison, talked about I didn't really know who Adam Sandler was until the wedding singer. So basically, we didn't have SNL in Australia mm. until late 90s when we got pay TV and stuff. Mm. And um, some people had gotten on to his albums and things. Yeah, it was think, kind of underground. Yeah, yeah, in Australia was quite quite underground. You were ahead of me I think when we talked about that. Yeah. Um, and so movies like Billy Madison I only discovered years later. This was similar but probably even later. So if, if I only found Sandler in 98 or whatever Wedding Singer was, there's no way I knew Farley earlier than that. This movie was 95 I'm pretty sure I remember seeing this trailer and just being like, what the fuck's that? That's dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it wasn't until I I realise now, it's actually connecting a few dots for me, that that era of actually getting pay TV in your house Mm. was quite game-changing from a a comedy point of view specifically because all these new ingredients, all these new influences coming straight into your household that I'd heard of Saturday Night Live, Mm. didn't totally understand what it was until then. Just knew it was the... Seemed to be where a bunch
1: of legends,
2: yeah, hung out. But I was like, oh, was it like, hey, hey, it's Saturday? I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's this their version of that show. Still don't. <laughs> um, Conan O'Brien was a big one because the Comedy Channel on Foxtel was like ah, had all this shit. Yeah, and they would show old SNL too. So I think eventually I got to know this Chris Farley guy, and was like, oh, okay, he's something. But still, I never went out of my way to watch this movie. Mm. I think it was on TV a lot at released, yeah, on Foxtel a lot. And so I just caught it here and there. But I never yeah. I never was like, Oh Tommy Boy tonight. Mm. It never quite got to Billy Madison's status in those Mm. days of like movie night, let's watch that. But it was around. And I I liked it. But it wasn't so much in the in the firm rotation. Yeah. Yeah, so much.
1: Yeah. His energy made me nervous. I found him anxious. He made me anxious.
2: Yeah, and I think also around this point, by the time I'm conscious of, well, just more generally conscious as a human, because in 1995 I was 11, it's it's Beverly Hills Ninjas coming out and that looks stupid too. So mm. I'm just like I'm not interested in this guy mm. at any point. I didn't and get his genius. I was, yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. And then, yeah, as the years went on, the YouTubes and such and seeing all the clips, the, the Matt Foley character, the motivational speaker, yeah. down by the river. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah Fucking yeah. good, man. Yeah. And that was like a sketch he used to do at Second City in Chicago with Bob Odenkirk who was also a writer on Conan but missed the show and his Better Call Saul. Oh, right of out. course. Yeah. He's, Is he in the new movie? Yeah, he's in that new movie where he's like he's John Wick basically.
1: Nobody. You know, yeah, that looks cool. The Val Morgan people were drumming it up to me. So, oh, really? Yeah, Chris, yeah, it looks cool. Chris said it's awesome. But
2: he he wrote that sketch right. in, in the Second City days. With Bob. And uh, No, Bob wrote it. Bob wrote it. Based on he'd, he'd seen Farley do a similar kind of character and he wrote a sketch based on that character, gave him the backstory and all that stuff, the down by the river shit. And that was one of those sketches that started pre-SNL but then went on SNL and yada, yada, yada. But it, uh, I'm not going to. To try to explain why he's a genius, but it's fucking good stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I guess over the years and upon reflection of understanding that this guy's a genius and knowing that there's not much out there that you can have to experience this genius, this movie started to feel a little bit more special. Yeah. But I still hadn't watched it again for a long time.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Black Sheep.
2: I don't think I've Tommy seen Boy it. Tommy Boy Two. I don't think I've seen it. Because I watched the trailer for it today, thinking like, oh, I can't remember what happened in that one. <laughs> I watched it, I'm like, I've not seen that movie. It's <laughs> not funny. It's like it doesn't really exist. This one's so prominent and that one just kind of mm, is. No, there. Would you
1: say it's the black sheep of the two? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it, it certainly is. Of course. It certainly sheep. is. <laughs> well, how about I get into the origin story of this picture? Origin story. So this movie, um, it comes in the earlier days of these mm-hmm. these comedy movies, these comedy pictures, yeah, yeah, plucked from the world of SNL, yeah, under and, the
1: guys under the the watchful eye of Lauren Michaels, Lauren Lauren Michaels, Lauren Michaels,
2: and thrown on the big screen. Mm plucked from the small screen. Let's take that
1: two minutes and turn it into 122 minutes. Yeah,
2: the first being Blues Brothers in 1980. Oh, yeah. Wayne's World 1992, mm-hmm. Coneheads 1993, Wayne's World 2 1993 and actually all of those, I said, Blues Brothers had Chris Farley in it. Oh. Yeah, which is interesting in and of itself. Now this one is and isn't an SNL movie. It's not based on a sketch. There's it's a just, bit of material in here. Th- it's just based on these two guys. Mm. They're real-life banter. So they shared an office at SNL. Um, Chris Farley and uh, David Spade joined SNL both in 1990. Farley is one of these rare cases where he didn't even audition. He was picked off the stage at Second City, Chicago by Lauren Michaels himself. Um, That's pretty cool. I assume doing Down by the River. Something. And um, David Spade joined initially as a writer but eventually moving up to becoming a a cast member on screen, et cetera, et cetera. Now, interestingly, yeah, these two guys shared an office. They became best buddies. In the next office is Chris Rock and Adam Sandler. What a strange life, isn't it? And there's all these wacky stories of them behind the scenes, yada, yada, yada. But interestingly, David Spade was not having a great time. He nearly quit, I think, because he started as writer, but then mm. did become a, a cast member. But he, often, someone like a Dana Carvey would, David Spade would write a sketch, and Dana Carvey would do it. Yeah, or go to Dana Carvey. They feel a little interchangeable. They're the same type. This is the issue. Mousy, and so, mousy. Yeah, and Dana Carvey's so fucking good <laughs> that it's like, well, yeah, give it to him. And I was I was watching the interview today, and there was something with two politicians that were both a Dana Carvey type and (laughs) and Spade's like, okay, well, I'll do one, he'll do the other. And they're like, well, Dana Carvey could do both. (laughs) (laughs) So he's not having a good time, but he's having a great time with Farley and they pay each other out all the time and like pretty much this movie, that same dynamic. And uh, Lorne Michaels observes this and says, hey, it should be a movie. Mm. About a movie, so this is kind of a big. Farley's already breaking out, but for Spade, this is a significant deal because he hadn't been getting his screen time, and right. now suddenly he's going to be in the movies. And
1: wasn't not to jump to pre-casties, it wasn't Rob Lowe originally, sort of more of the
2: yeah. Well, this is the part that I get confused by because um, the story goes that from there, Lon Michael says, "All right, well that should be a movie. Let's get two of a- our." of our writers on the case, Um, and those two writers were Bonnie and Terry Turner, a writing couple, married. Mm, Bonnie and Tez. Kind of legends. So they were on SNL from 86 to 92, but were also the screenwriters of Cone Heads, Wayne's World 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. And the Brady Bunch movie, which I feel like doesn't get the respect it deserves. It's pretty good. What
1: about a very Brady sequel? I don't know if they did that They moved on. They moved
2: on. Yeah. (laughs) And they created Third Rock from the Sun and that 70s show. Well, no, they went on to television. Oh, sorry, quit the Brady series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, While They're Ahead. While They're Ahead. That movie is good though. Sequel or the first one? I haven't seen the sequel, I don't think. The first one, it's
1: fucking weird. Yeah, because it's, they're set, they're not, there's the mod- no reason in, for them to be like that. They're in modern times. They're
2: in modern times but there's no time travel or anything. They're just yeah. a weird family yeah, and yeah. everyone's just it's like, It's a great concept. What the fuck's up with that family? Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. It's a good idea. Let's not explain it. It came out the same family. year as this movie too. We and should do it. Yeah, well, it was one of the early movies when we were talking about doing this podcast that I was like, let's do the it's, podcast. Well,
1: it's Hey, this is our show. Yeah. We, we can do it.
2: We can do it. But, Yeah, they also made Third Rock from the Sun in the 70s show. So they're kind of a big Rhonda. deal. But this is this is the narrative I suppose from one point of view, the genius of law Michael yeah. seeing this and going, "Yeah, make that movie." But then the flip side is Yep. You hear from the director, James Cameron, Peter Siegel. Pe- yeah, sorry, Peter Siegel. <laughs> um who said initially the script uh was a bit different. It was called Billy the Third a Midwestern mm-hmm. But knowing that Billy Madison was already in production, they had didn't to want to Had to drop Billy. Yeah, they're like, well, they're not going to call it Billy. These Billys everywhere. Yeah, all these SNL Billys out there. No, nah. It's not going to happen. And he says that the original script had it more as Farley and Rob Lowe as brothers mm, and that being yeah, sort of okay. the, the centred duo.
1: A bit of a Arnie and uh, DeVito.
2: I suppose, yeah, and probably also just thinking big screen. Rob Lowe. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Rob Lowe or David Spade. Mm.
1: I'll take Rob Lowe. For yeah, I not grown his goatee yet, you know. <laughs> you know, his NFL sports hat on. Sports. <laughs> You've seen that? No. His, his memes, his photo, photos of him, he's at an NFL game and he doesn't have a like a Broncos or a Raiders Oh, just hat it just says sports. It's an NFL hat. <laughs> like it's got the NFL logo on it. It's like Rob Is Lowe. Rob Lowe, or Rob uh? Lowe really Gets excited for sports or something. <laughs> I can't remember the better than that. That's but.
2: definitely something I would do. Um, there go team. <laughs> how about that local sports team? <laughs> Continue, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, the, so there's, there's there's some incongruity there. Mm, yeah. But I could also imagine side. that Lawn Michaels may say, let's make that movie, but then once it goes through the system, they're like, yeah, but one of them's got to be good looking, right? Mm. And, and Rob Lowe, I suppose. Mm. But anyway, director comes in. Um, Peter Siegel and says, "No, no, no, we got to strip this back to that duo. That that's the magic. Let's make that happen." And so he brings in another writer, Fred Wolf, and they, another SNL writer, I think, and they rewrite this thing, refocused around those two. <laughs> but they they run out of time, so <laughs> they literally ran out of time. They got two thirds through the script, and it was time to make the movie. And he's like, oh, well we we haven't cracked it. It's." Oh. He tried to leave, but it was legally obligated to stay. That sounds stressful. It was fucking stressful. He'd just come off doing Naked Gun 33 and a third mm-hmm. with the Zucker Brothers, a career high at this point for him. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to throw it all out for this fucking thing. I've yeah. just done something awesome yeah. and now I'm committed to this piece of shit. This is a train wreck. Mm. Um, the whole schedule was fucked because usually these – SNL movies, they, they shoot in the off season. So while SNL's are fair, they shoot these things in the summer, but they'd missed that window already. So they had to shoot it while they were making SNL and that SNL schedule is hardcore. Like oh, you go yeah. from like you're pitching on a Monday, writing, yeah. all that kind of shit. It's, it's high stakes. It's high stakes, man. High pressure, a lot of drugs. Mm. so they, they fly from, they, they're flying between New York and Toronto mm. multiple times during the week. Go do a yes and not rehearsal, come back, do this, yeah, yeah, yada 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 yada. Without a finished script. You know who else could have done that? Who? Michael J. Fox. He could have done that. That's very it's very back to the future. You know who does a great impression of Michael J. Fox? Chris Farley. David Spade. David Spade. Should I play it? It's pretty good. Oh actually? Yeah, he actually does a good one. Just like to say that
0: the show I work on is going up against Spin City this year, which makes for a fun rivalry. I saw Michael J. Fox before the show and he said Spade, we're going to stomp your ass. All right. <laughs> we're going to knock you back to a midseason replacement. <laughs> Don't look directly at me. Avert your eyes. You're only five, six. You'll never make it on your show.
2: It's great. He's also doing funny things with his arms, I think, before we knew what that man. Michael was dealing with. But, no, but Michael J. Fox always did that. Yeah, but it wasn't that a coping, like a way to not have to keep his arms still? Even when he was like 20? Oh no! On Spin City, he was talking about Spin City. Uh, oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it was at that point. Oh yeah, he wasn't I to feel know. Like he did that? Maybe, but Spin City was definitely like the hands in the pockets oh, days, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the yeah. We digress occasionally, but a good digression because I watched that clip earlier today, and you know, I was like, There's, "I have no reason to put that in." You're welcome <laughs> until now. Um, wow, that's pretty well. <laughs> that is pretty well. Wow. So anyway, they're making this thing. They don't have a finished script. So Siegel and Wolf Keep going. decided to like do this brainstorm where they write down a bunch of personal anecdotes. Sounds like a furniture store. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Siegel and Wolf. Yeah. They've got a great sectional. Oh, mm. absolutely. Um, so they, they write down these personal anecdotes or things they've seen on these cards, yeah, okay. throw them on the floor and try to string together the rest of the story based on these things. So, for example, uh, Siegel I'll had recently- yeah, Siegel had recently gone to the petrol station or the, the gas station.
1: Yes, and?
2: and... Park, parked a little too far away from the thing, from the pump. And, and then? And he... smashed the door. Oh. Yeah. They'd also read an article about a deer smashing a car, you know, that kind of shit. Okay. Now, the, the funny thing about the, they took all these disparate things and what stitched if? them together. The funny thing is that's exactly what Roger Ebert said this movie is like. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of disparate, disparate pages. Shit.
1: Little did he know that that would um, that was exactly penetrate what happened.
2: cinema for the next two decades <laughs> at least. Yeah, that's basically also Family care. Um But yeah, all this stuff was very, very real time. So this shit was so hectic that Siegel would call the producer at two a.m. and be like, "Hey, we have a new character to cast, and his first line shoots tomorrow. You've got to wake up the casting director because that's all just happening as they go." Mm. Now, in addition to all of this, you got um, Farley and and uh, Spade basically trying to make each scene funnier as they go as well. Mm. Like, of course, yeah, there's the old oh, and they, you know, that was improvised. Yes, there was improvisation. But also I think day to day they were just, they actually sat, sat down and were like, how can we make this scene funnier? How can we make this seem funnier? So that's where they brought in where more and more of their, out? yeah, they brought in more and more of their personal shit, like mm. fat guy in a little coat. All that stuff was just their office banter. They're like, I don't know if anyone else is going to find this funny, but we find it funny, so let's just fucking do it. Mm, that's what... That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, man. Now, oh, we've mentioned quite a bit of the cast, but just to round it out, Rob Lowe is obviously in this. He's actually uncredited. I read that today. How it's, is, it's interesting because when you Google the movie, you know how that? Google shows the cast, he's not in it. And I was like, what? Is Apparently till, he had some contractual obligation with. The stand? Stephen, yeah, the Stephen King thing, yeah. I loved that when I was a kid. I never saw it. I was, thinking I was, I was too obsessed scared. with it. Yeah, I thought it had Gary were big Sinise. big TV events, weren't they? Was Gary Sinise in it? Probably. What's your thinking of Forest Gump? Oh, maybe. Or Apollo 13. Mm. Or, or one Ransom. Of- Ransom, is he in that? Yeah. Or um, one of those crime shows. CSI. Yeah. Center of the crime. CSI Sinise. <laughs> 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 uh, hey, this film also has Brian Dennehy.
1: Yay. And Bo Derrick. Yeah.
2: Bish, bash, bosh, he goes over a movie. I love Brian Dennehy. Actually, side note, yeah, he is good, isn't he? It's amazing. But side note, apparently this movie is also a retelling of Hamlet. I'm not sure if this is official, but apparently. Oh, is that how they got Big He involved? Maybe. <laughs> We're doing an adaptation of Hamlet. Are you in? Yeah. But basically, I don't know my Hamlet very well. I don't know if you do, but. About a
1: little itty bitty pig. <laughs> that's from, that's a quote. From? Ah. <sighs> Not Criminal Minds. What's the show that Gangster's Paradise is
2: from? Oh, Dangerous Minds. Dangerous <laughs> Minds. Well, apparently Tommy is the prince Oh, his father dies. Mm-hmm. Mother, Bo Derek, is Gertrude. Oh, okay, In reality, he's married to his stepbrother. Such a Gertrude. So Rob Lowe is Claudius. David Spade's character is Horatio. There you mm. go. So I, I don't know enough to dig into that any further, mm. but apparently it's a thing. Yeah, I haven't read Hamlet. Me neither. Oh, actually, you know what? I think I saw it on on Broadway. Oh. On Broadway with Jude Law. Left a lasting impression. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't know what they were saying. Half the nothing. <laughs> That's a cultured Bitch Bash Bosh, you got yourself a movie rap party down at the old Viper Room. Yeah. Probably would have been.
1: Sponsored by Calligan Auto Parts.
2: Yeah. Let's play the trailer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 you know a lot of people go to college for seven years i know they're called doctors This always has been always will be a family firm oh son of a ooh, someday ooh. my son will run luke ooh. luke i am your father oh i've interrupted happy time That's my name! Yeah, that's your new office now. Whoa! Do we really want to put the future of the company in Tommy's hands? Promise me you'll look after Tommy boy here till he gets his feet wet. Sure, and thanks for choosing me. Hey, Tommy, this is not a vacation for me. I'm out here against my will, so the least you can do is pretend to work. Ugh, I can actually hear you getting fatter. All right, it's sale time, so remember, we don't take no for an answer. Okie dokie, I'm gonna pass. Gotcha, thanks. Oh, son oh, of a. That's gonna leave a mark. Okay, let's check you out. All
1: right. That's <laughs> a clip, Hi. <laughs> Are you sure? can't <laughs> breathe! <laughs> He's a big dumb animal, isn't he, folks? No, son of a. <laughs> What'd
2: you do? Good trailer. Oh, that was brilliant. Greg went and peed, so he's lying through his teeth. I was talking about my wee. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Did Don LaFontaine narrate it? (laughs) (laughs) In a (laughs) bowl. One man. Too much beer. One stream. (laughs) Ah, Greg, what the hell happened in this movie? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I'll help you out with the synopsis, dear. So, look on the surface, th- this is a classic sales road trip film. Classic. Two opposites So about to find out they're really not that different after all. Oh, nice. But uh, scratch, scratch the surface a little bit, Tristan, mm. and you'll also find a tale of late bloomation, achieving one's potential.
2: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Rising to the challenge. Yes, etc.
2: I like that take because I've got more on that later. Excellent. Continue.
1: Tommy Callahan finishing uni after a respectable seven-year stint when he returns home to the family business. He's a little rough around the edges. Still, he seems to have a heart of gold. And let me tell you, he has empathy mm-hmm. and EQ. And we both know that in the modern business setting... Most important things. Oh, the rest he can teach. Yeah. Unfortunately for Tommy, he's a little polarising on the, on the floor and certainly in the boardroom. Yep. Um, but fortunately he's got his dad, Tommy Senior, the founder of Callan, Callahan Auto, to teach him, you know, the ropes. Mm. Some of the cool catchphrases about T-bones and horse's ass and cow's
2: asses. Yeah, the butcher's ass. Butcher's ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's enjoyable. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately for Tommy, mm. his dad dies whilst dancing on his wedding day. To an aging mega babe, Bo Derek. Yeah. So that happened. Uh, so basically, Tommy's got one crack at saving the company. He's got to go on the hell of a. He's got to go on a hell of a sales road trip. He sure does. He's got to get the numbers on. So he does what he thinks he should, and guy gets the guy who knows the business. Guess who that is? Spade. Yeah. And they get in Spade's car there like a Mustang or something. I don't
2: know.
1: And they go on a road trip and try to sell some auto parts yeah, nice. whilst his new stepbrother and mum are trying to sell the company to Dan
2: Aykroyd. Mm. It's also a love story between stepmum and stepbrother. Oh, I thought you were going to say between the Spade and Farley. Because I was just thinking as you were oh, saying it's it, actually
1: a love triangle, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Ooh la la.
2: I was just thinking it's actually... I didn't think about this before, but as far as bromances go, this is an early one, isn't it? It's kind of a bromance. It's definitely a bromance. Yeah, there weren't a lot of bromance movies. I mean, I guess there were. Sure, there was. I guess the modern comedy bromance, though. Mm. I know there's like the cops being paired together type of movies, mm. and then they eventually learn to work together and whatnot. But this oh, is Tango and Cash. Yeah, but this is kind of this is quite a, it's a bit more bromantic, I think, mm. in this one because mm. at the end it's like. And you got a friend out of this. Oh. I know you got plenty of friends, but I don't. That, yeah. was, that was a nice moment. Yeah. Spade was understated. He delivered. In? Spades. Oh, yeah, because of his name and whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> should do a pod. <laughs> we should. Look at that yes-ending nonsense. Oh. How did you find the rewatch? Uh, it was quite pleasant. Yeah.
1: I Look, I was going into this knowing that I didn't really used to like this and I've obviously... Have a a newer found respect for Chris Farley. Yeah. Um. So I sat down to watch it with Carol, and in the opening sequence, she was like, "Oh, this is a stupid movie, isn't it?" <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't like stupid movies. Yeah. Right. I said, "Yes, yes, it is, but I don't want any shit canning of Mr. Farley mm. while we watch it, please. I don't want you to tear this one up. The yeah. late great man. Yeah. Let him rest in peace, and let yeah. us view in peace. Yeah." And like she was
2: into it, actually, I think. Yeah, I mean, it is a stupid movie. What? Yeah. How? Yeah, but it, but it, like, especially after doing that research to get to the origin story, it 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 does make you think about what's good about this movie. And I guess it's not really the script; like, it's it's kind of dumb. Mm. But the performances really make it something. Like this guy, he could probably the script could be the fucking dictionary, and I'd watch it. It might not have been a script. <laughs> yeah, like for all we know, he is—he is just a, a what a what a piece of work. He's—he's a—he's a wild man. He's he the is. size, but the agility with which he's able to move <laughs> <laughs> is something. Yeah, He's he, cartwheels, he, he, and he does those cartwheels where he almost stays in the same place.
1: Yeah, like a proper cartwheel.
2: Yeah, like a real one, like a. He does them a lot though on the on the pro road tour. He was on Letterman and he did cartwheels on the way. In. <laughs> he just gets so sweaty. <laughs> oh bless. oh he's great. But yeah, the way he moves and his just his face is everything is just amazing.
1: Apparently, he was necking about t- plus twenty cups of coffee a day. Fuck on set,
2: like over twenty. Is coffee a code word for something? Because fuck yeah, and he um. Yeah, Force of Nature. That's what I wrote down. He's just a he's just fuck and David Spade's good too. This is interesting because I think that, you know, once you get to the Joe Dirts and that shit, I'm like, okay, David Spade, I'm not a fan kind of thing.
1: You didn't like Joe Dirt?
2: No, never into it. What about Brandy? What's that? It's the girl in it. She's from Sweet Valley High. Fuck, maybe I haven't even seen Oh, I know her though, yeah. Um, well, this is this is what I think is interesting because you see these two working together, and you're like this is there is chemistry. These guys are great, and I like the David Spade's thing is, yes, he's the nerdier one, but he's not a not a loose like he's witty and he's not sort of in a position of they're equals in a way. Mm. He's got his own kind of charisma going on in a more understated kind of way, and I and I like that persona he has in this movie, which is similar to what he had in the sitcom. Um, What's it called?
1: Uh, no, that magazine, just Shoot, like me. just Shoot Me,
2: which I still liked him in that. And so it is one of those ones where you wonder if Chris Farley was still alive and he's still, he's the straight man basically. Mm. But then he goes and does a Joe Dirt, which to me just doesn't feel like, I don't know, never appealed to me. I feel like mm. he's better as a straight man. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Um, Oh, but actually on that, also in Roger Ebert's review, he says something about this which I disagree with entirely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says, um, This movie is an assembly of cliches and obligatory scenes from dozens of other movies. All are better. It has only one original idea and that's a bad one. The inspiration to making the hero's sidekick into simultaneously his buddy, his critic and his rival. But that's, like I was just saying, that's what I actually liked about it. I liked it. Um, Spade was sort of semi antagonist a little bit at some yeah. points, but then there was this underlying love there too. I don't know, maybe yeah. it's hard to disconnect knowing that they were best mates and that Farley's dead, and it's hard to remove that from your brain when you're watching this thing. So, there's maybe you project more onto it than, than what's there, but I enjoyed it. I like the dynamic, it was economical, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I like
1: that. You got two characters on a road trip, Roger.
2: Yeah. What do you want? Exactly. I liked it. So you're wrong, Roger. Sorry, Roger. Got to disagree with you on this one. Respectfully disagree. Now, I did also think it's important, uh, what's not important, but unavoidable perhaps to compare this to Billy Madison. Same year, mm-hmm. similar origin story, shooting at the same time. Yeah. I guess the nuance is that Sandler was no longer a cast member. He'd been fired. So it's not an SNL movie, but it did launch the Happy Madison Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, But we didn't like, – our rewatch of that one, both of us were a bit like, eh. Mm. And it's I think – bit cringe. I think part of – yeah, I think part of what I liked about this more was that the character of Tommy himself was just a better dude.
1: Yeah, like he's Billy a Madison, great guy.
2: Yeah, Billy Madison, is he's, he's kind of just a privileged, spoiled kid. Yeah. Whereas at first it feels like Tommy's going to be that guy. But he's not. He wants to help everyone. He puts his all his inheritance on the line to save everyone else's jobs, yeah, he didn't have to do that. he could have just bailed and been rich or whatever, which is probably what Billy Madison would have been happy with
1: mm. but yeah he he wasn't working down the plan, yeah <laughs> he didn't go to uni for seven years. you still passed uni. I know a lot of people who are yeah. very
2: hard smart working smart work
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know plenty of people who haven't finished uni,
2: yeah. Exactly. So he's, he's a lot more, I can get I can get on board with this character more. Whereas I think when we both, we watched Billy Madison more, like he's kind of a dickhead a little bit. He was he, a massive dickhead. He still has that like, oh, but he's got a good heart kind of thing. But it was still pretty self-centered. Yeah.
1: He just wanted to bang Veronica Von.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: So yeah, I think. One
2: piece of ace. This one does come out ahead for me. Which, if
1: you'd asked me at the time, oh we.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I. I definitely wouldn't put it as high as a Wayne's World, for instance. Nope. Definitely not. Definitely not. No nowhere near that. But I think we kind of alluded to before, I think the fact that there isn't a lot of Farley product out there, mm. yeah. It does make this a rarer Yeah. That little artifact, doesn't it?
1: It's 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 quite a yeah. There's it's got plenty of shortcomings, but it's quite a sentimental film. Yeah. Wrapped up in the fact that Farley's, you know, deceased.
2: Yeah. Oh, and one unexpected thing I think as as a lover of music <laughs> is I like the music in this. <laughs> mm. And the, 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 the wedding songs and oh. shit and the performance. Good wedding. It gives me the sense that Farley is a guy that likes good music. I feel like these are personal touches perhaps. I could be completely wrong. But the fact that he's sung the Ray Charles one. They're into it. And they're so into it and it was pretty good. I feel like he'd be a good addition to our karaoke circle but. Unfortunately, oh. he's not available anymore.
1: He really would have brought an energy that we haven't yet seen.
2: Yeah, yeah. It would have been something. Yeah, we people would have live streamed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We would have had more than five people watching at once. That, which is a problem. <laughs> true, 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 true.
1: I did enjoy the father song. Carol's like, oh, the dad's not going to live around for very long. This is too nice a bond. Yeah. There's no tension here. Man. Well, yeah. But it was nice. While we had it, I always knew Brian Denny, he would be a great dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's good casting, isn't it? Because they seem like, you could imagine that. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I do like the love there. I don't know what happened to the mother. But Actually, this is not a bad segue because I recently watched um, Kaya and the Last Dragon. No, Raya and the Last Raya. Dragon. Raya. Raya and the Last Dragon, which is. Not free until June. <laughs> yeah. But I saw it at the cinema. Yeah. So if you're able to, go to the cinema. Oh, yes. Always go to the cinema. Um, But it, it kind of reacquainted me with sort of the classic fairy tale Disney tropes and yeah. whatnot. And one that I hadn't considered, I was actually listening to podcasts about it, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Great podcast. They were talking about Raya and the Last Dragon. And they pointed out that in all these Disney movies, all these fairy tales, there's no mother. They only have a dad. And then- often the dad dies like mm. like in this. And that was kind of just a random segue that made me realise, well, actually.
1: This is a Disney fairy tale? This
2: movie is almost a fairy tale. And actually if you think about this movie and Billy Madison, it's like frat boy fairy tales. Mm. So if you go old school with these fairy tales, I know these are outdated tropes but just bear with me. If you go to old school fairy tales and they're targeted at young girls and what is the dream of a young girl to marry a prince, yada yada yada. That's that's how you get your traditional fairy tales, let's say. Well the ones that have been popularized in Disney films and such, Disney princesses and that kind of thing. If you think about your typical frat boy, what are what are the tensions, the underlying tensions there? You're kind of at a crossroads, not a boy, not you're not yet a man <laughs> to appropriate some Britney Spears lyrics. A girl. <laughs> But you, yeah, there's this well, thing of like well, you know yeah. I want to live up to my dad's image. I want to show the world that I'm,
1: I'm, I'm take worthy. Over the fund.
2: Yeah, I'm worthy. I'm take me seriously, world. A lot of these movies kind of bring that dream to life. Billy Madison treated like a joke. you know we're all kind of especially Aussies this larrikin persona at uni you're having a uh, good time yada 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 larrikinism larrikinism. But you got your Billy Madison's. You got your Van Wilders. You got all these sort of man-child type characters, but in a very specific life stage of this, you are a man-child because you kind of were a child a year ago and now you're trying to prove that you're a worthy adult and you can succeed in the world. A lot of these movies, like Billy Madison, like Tommy Boy, like Happy Gilmore a little bit, I feel like there's a few of them, all in this very specific era too, Mm -hmm. that are kind of, um, what's the word? Satisfying that urge, I suppose, for the frat boys of the world, for the college age, college graduate age, young male. Oh yeah, and it, some in some ways quite literally. You know, this movie has a evil stepmother, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. Dead father, no mother. Um, this slightly heightened reality. You know, it's a bit over the top, bit slapstick. Not a cartoon. Not a cartoon, but kinda. Um, there is this underlying sweetness to it. Same with Billy Madison. Yes. Almost like a bit too cheesy at points, but then you're kind of okay with it because it just kind of fits the template a little bit. The differences I suppose is often in the Disney versions you have the the wacky talking animal, but in these movies they're the main character. <laughs> um, yeah. The Farrelly Brothers movies kind of take this to the extreme. Like something about Mary is almost treated like a fairy tale. They have this over-the-top almost musical nature to them. Um, But then they also have their own kind of tropes. If you think about Billy Madison and almost every Adam Sandler movie and this movie there's the the role of the love interest is almost the same in every movie. Support. Yeah, the daddy issues thing, the business, all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. is pretty consistent. Now, again, in Roger Ebert's review, he calls this out as a fault. He doesn't say the word fairy tale, but he says they begin ticking off all these story cliches. the dumb son returns to family business, unexpected stepmother, uh, company gets in trouble or workers lose their jobs. It's up to the kids to save the day, evil stepmother, road movie, buddy picture. But again, these are I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this very specific subgenre in the mid 90s of frat boy fairy tales. Mm. Which I do don't mind. I like it. Very, yeah. very. It was a very astute. Ah, yes. I was waiting for an astute.
1: It was you earned it. I don't. I don't <laughs> hand out astutes, Willie. You're nilly. no dukes. <laughs> no, no, sorry, Bob. Yeah, but I give you an astute.
2: Let the record show that Greg called Seymour astute earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was also warranted. Yeah, yeah. He can high five now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fat boy fairy tales. I like it.
2: Yeah. I think on that, I think what made that work for me is the movies are kind of there's got lame elements in these movies. They're a bit cheesy, yeah. but I don't mind for some reason. And I think it's a bit like a fairy tale. They have these tropes that you don't mind because it's just part of the package. There's something comforting about it.
1: There's, yeah, is it embedded nostalgia that? Yeah, you could just. I think so. Watch this comfortably.
2: Yeah, yeah. but it does make you think. Do you, do you watch a movie like this and think, I mean, we know Chris Farley's dead, he made like two more movies after this, mm-hmm. do you find yourself going, fuck, I wonder what he would have done? Oh, yeah. of,
1: oh, of course. I like to think he might have done a serious movie at some point.
2: That's exactly what I was thinking because you think of, I mean, even Adam Sandler's done that. So part of me is like would he have just fallen into the Happy Madison crew like a David Spade? Like ah, a Rob a Schneider, star. hopefully not. Yeah, I think he would have had his own little carved out his own little thing, potentially taken Spade with him, but then probably taken that that arc that Hollywood loves mm. of taking the funny guy. And playing meatloaf in a biopic. <laughs> yeah, fuck he could. He could. That could be his uncut gems kind of thing.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: The dark years.
1: Yeah. And it would be called for love. Brackets, anything.
2: But not that. Next brackets. <laughs> brackets. Sub, sub brackets. What's the other brackets here? It's a good movie. I it's a good song. It <laughs> writes itself. I was listening to Meatloaf dun, dun, in the gym dun, dun, the other day. I was trying dun, to find dun, new gym music.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I want to hit that on karaoke next week. Yeah,
2: yeah. do the full 12-minute version. <laughs> oh, I it's like not... how you're assuming we're doing karaoke next week. Are we not? Oh, fuck yeah, we well, should. Fuck <laughs> if we are. But you, in other crowds, it's one of those things you have to pretend. So... <laughs> might accidentally happen on the night, but obviously we're not planning Carol's already said it. We're talking about uh, we've got our annual, what is it? (laughs) Double date. (laughs) Double date next week. Oh, which also means that uh, Wives of the Show will be on the podcast with us next week. Yeah. I sound like I'm wrapping up the show, but this is more of a sneak peek. Next week, Wives of the Show will be on the pod with us. We're doing Romeo plus Juliet. Plus Quindon Tava. Plus Quindon Tava plus John Leguizamo.
1: In the Baz Luhrmann epic saga.
2: All are punished. Mm, mm.
1: of the, it's like Hamlet but a different movie. Same author.
2: This one is a bit closer to the source material than Tommy mm. Boy, but only just. Mm. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Just. It's more literal. Well, I mean, obviously it took inspiration from, from Tommy Boy. There's this guy, You know, oh, a modern interpretation of Shakespeare. Baz Luhrmann's ears perked up. Hello. <laughs> hey, but back on um, oh, yeah, Farley and yeah, Where yeah. Would He Be Now, it is interesting to note that when he did pass away, he was already recording his role in Shrek. He was supposed to oh, be Shrek. of course. Um, which I do have a clip of. So this is... Yeah, he'd done three quarters of it, hadn't he? Or even yeah, more. yeah. So I've got it's a clip of um, Chris Farley as Shrek here. And a noble romantic mission to warm the cockles of your heart.
0: Yeah. I like my cockle's room temperature, thank you very much. Hey, if you're not doing this for cockle warming, why are you doing (laughs) it? (sighs) Simple. Fartwad gets his princess, I get what I want. Which is?
1: Now come on, what do you want?
0: I don't have time to set it to music. Oh, this is another one of those onion things. No, this is one of those drop it and leave me alone things. Well, why don't you want to talk about it? Why do you want to talk about it? Why are you answering the question with a question? Why are you asking questions I don't want to answer? Why are you blocking? I'm not blocking. Then why do you have problems expressing your wants? I don't. I want you to shut up. See? No problem. You're just displacing your anger. Believe me, it's properly placed. You're really mad at whoever did this to you? No one did anything to me. Yes, yes, yes. Someone hurt you so bad. Someone hurt you many years ago. Leave my parents out of this! Right through!
2: etc. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Aw. He was also meant to be the cable guy Yeah. in The Cable Guy. But he asked for that Van Damme money. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was, this was not because he passed away, but he was supposed to be Ishmael in Kingpin, but he had to turn it down. Because of this. Uh, was it because of this? Yeah. Ah. And a potential He third would have been ghost, good in that. He would have been pretty good. He would have had to be a bit subdued though, which I don't know. But it would have been a different movie. He would have done Cartwheels somewhere. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A potential third Ghostbusters movie was mm-hmm. going to be his thing too. I think, I mean, it could have gone anyway, really, couldn't it?
1: The it's only way it was up.
2: I kept imagining because I have the that sketch with him and Patrick Swayze auditioning yeah. for the Chippendales is always yeah. in my head. It was the first thing I think of when I think of him. Yeah, and then I just started thinking of him in all the different Patrick Swayze roles. Like imagine <laughs> him in Roadhouse but playing it straight, <laughs> just a shot for shot remake of Roadhouse. <laughs> Um, any, nice <laughs> Any Any Patrick Swayze movie It works As Bodie In the perfect <laughs> <laughs> It works man At the very least We could have oh, had that This is genius We could have had that oh. Now you know what's also freaky about this movie Is obviously we've got Dan Albright in there <laughs> Yeah ghost <laughs> And then Whoopi Goldberg would have to act <laughs> like him too So that would oh, be great
1: Oh my lord Yeah yes.
2: Yeah. What else? What other movies is Patrick Spence? <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Dancing, I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, genius. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, so Dan Aykroyd is in this movie, uh-huh. which is kind of not sad but just kind of weird because obviously he lost his on-screen duo partner, Belushi. Oh, of course, yeah. The same way at the same age. Yeah. They're both 33 both speedball. the, the cocaines and such. Yeah, it cocaine up, and morphine. It's called a speedball? Apparently. Up and downer. Is that what that, yeah. Yeah. And fuck, it's fucking sad because he went back to host SNL in October of 1997. Mm. And a lot of the jokes in his opening monologue were about drugs and stuff. But like Chevy Chase came on and acted, pretended to be a sponsor. And like it was like, a, you know, one of those type of mm. jokes. Where yeah, it's not yeah. mean-spirited, but it was just like, are you going to be all right for this? And they're like, yeah, I'm good now, whatever. Mm, and he yeah. died two months later. It's fucked. Yeah. It's fucked. He didn't look very well apparently. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to talk too much about his death either because it's like let's celebrate the good times. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it is kind of creepy that you got – it's almost – it's almost like basically what happened to Dan Aykroyd happened to David Spade because you, you could also say all the same things. Like what would have happened – where would – Belushi and Ackroyd be if if Mm. he didn't pass away because he was supposed to be in Ghostbusters. They would have done other things together. Like you forget they were a duo, and then you think a lot of the Ackroyd stuff. He kind of tapered off, didn't he?
1: Well, he's he's made hundreds of millions of dollars in in the vodka market. Yeah, and he's got a close connection with creatures from aliens. With the aliens, he
2: saw them. He he saw one of the aliens, and one of them smiled at him. Oh yeah, menacing. Yes. I think of Ralph Wiggum seeing babies.
1: Actually, the menacing one was a quote, wasn't
2: his. She said someone else who said they said They that. were menacing. Something, was it? And Joe Rogan for once disagreed with his guest and said, really? <laughs> Actually, speaking of Joe Rogan, so this is part of the… He's got a podcast too. Should he's we plug about, it? Should well, we? I'm going to plug it because i got a clip because last time we talked about Rob Lowe was Wayne's World. Mm. We talked about how this stretch of his career was sort of the comeback after some dark times. Yeah. And the, the best, uh, the darkest of the times was when he had a role in the opening for the Oscars singing with Snow White, which I would love to play oh. a clip of again here because it's quite spectacular. Yeah. It's quite spectacular. Play that track.
0: Oh, Mr. Lowe, I'm such a fan. Oh, really? Wow. Oh.
2: I'm a big fan of yours, Snow,
0: but, you know, there's so much I'd like to know about you. Used to work a lot for Walt Disney. Starring in cartoons every
1: night and day. What did they go But you
0: like? said goodbye to grumpy and sleepy. <laughs> Left the dwarves behind, came to town to stay. We <laughs> lights <laughs> keep on burning. Keep on turning Ooh, rolling Rolling Keep the
1: cameras rolling 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 Keep the cameras rolling Keep the cameras rolling, the cameras rolling. The cameras
2: rolling. I was going to stop it sooner but then I remember that last part Keep the cameras <laughs> Oh, dear. Now, the reason I wanted to bring that up again is there's been an update. He's appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast in the last 12 months and talked about this very incident. Oh, good. It's pretty funny. Did you say man. the aliens got it? <laughs> yeah, one of them had a menacing look.
0: I That was the year that um, Barry Levinson.
2: I could tell just from the first bar. <laughs> it's not it going to be bad. Yeah, <laughs> when you're singing.
0: Did you take singing lessons? No, no fuck. The uh, whole
2: thing.
0: What's uh, that? you found the whole like. thing. It's eleven minutes long. No, it's to eleven minutes that, of t- sheer terror. That's on YouTube if you want
2: to. Look <laughs> um, oh, okay. Until, but, of eleven minutes that ruined Hollywood producer Alan Carr's career forever. Hold on.
0: I get it. I get it. Okay. We're okay. Back. So I look out in the middle. I look out in the middle of the, the, middle of the <laughs> audience and I see Barry Levinson. So he's at the, this – on this Oscars, he's about to win literally 11 Academy Awards. As an actor, there's no one you would want to impress more than Barry Levinson. It's the year of Rain Man. And I look out, Joe, in the middle of this, and I see his face. I'm not kidding. And he's – this is what he literally was going. He went like this. What the fuck? You see him actually make those I, – I see him mouth the words, <laughs> what the fuck? And And so – talking about bombing and and i'm (sighs) like but you know we have to have our 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 actors denial like we can't get through a career without a healthy dose of denial so i'm like you know what fuck barry levinson what does he know anyway (laughs) fuck that guy and i go backstage And it's in the green room and it's early because it's early in the show. And there's an older lady in the corner with like flaming red hair. And I'm kind of looking at her and and she sees me. and She goes, young man, I didn't know you were such a good singer. Come sit down. It was Lucille Ball. Whoa. And I went over and we sat down and she held my hand and we watched the Oscars together. And you know what? It made it all, made it all almost worthwhile.
2: (laughs) All right. It's just so, oh man, I was looking for an excuse to put that clip back in there because it's been a hundred episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we like when our stars sing most do, of the time. We do, we like, do. Uh, like a, a Joe Pesci, for at a Especially at a, an event. At an event, yeah,
1: exactly. Impromptu almost. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not rehearsed. It, it seems
2: like it, yeah, yeah.
1: Enough. <laughs> if they rehearsed that enough, they wouldn't have done it.
2: Yeah, yeah. The whole you know thing is bizarre. That was the Oscars, man. Yeah, and I will put it on Instagram because you can't see the visuals here. It, that was it must have, bizarre. What year was that? Um, there was a recession or two. 89 or something. Oh, and then, there you go. Well, and then they didn't have the rights to use the likeness of Snow White. And so there was a big lawsuit with Disney the next day. And oh, so the whole say. thing, it got more expo- more and more exposure, this terrible thing. Imagine so they poor had the poor yeah. so poor Rob Lowe just wanted to bury this thing. <laughs> Rob Lowe's
1: dodged a few bullets, kind of. Well, yeah,
2: he's had some dark I mean, times, man.
1: Giving his the video centric nature of his mishaps. Yeah, he could have um, could have well, been
2: worse. We talked about this before. He did a movie uh, a few years ago with Cameron Diaz and um, and Jason Segel, sex tape, which I believe was an SEO hack to hide his sex tape. Oh, nice. So when people now search Roblox Lowe's sex tape, it comes up with the Cameron Diaz picture. Genius. Genius. Buried. Take that. Now he just needs to do a Snow White movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, you know who's a big fan of this movie? Um, Lorne Michaels. Lorne Michaels and Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah? said so it's one of his favourite films of the 90s and he screened it as part of... He screened it, sorry, as part of something he was doing of his favourite movies of the 90s. And he... Owns it on 35mm film.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, i tell you what I did here.
2: Oh, yeah? It was a bit of a
1: love triangle on set.
2: Oh, yeah, okay.
1: So Spade and Farley were mates. Oh. They both enjoyed Rob Lowe's company. Yeah. Um, Rob was apparently a pretty cool guy. Yeah. So they liked hanging out with him. So they'd hang out, the three of them would hang out quite a bit. Yeah. And then, well, depending on who tells the story, but there was one night that uh, Farley might have been unwell, went, Retired early. This is Spade's recount. Yeah. Um. And so Spade and Roblo went out and painted the town white. Yeah. And um, and the next day apparently Farley was f- super frosty. He was like, "So how's Rob?" He was just and he like stood on his hand uh, during filming. Well they and like heard it. Apparently and, they fought all the time. Yeah.
2: But I guess it was like a brotherly thing. But I was watching Adam Sandler was talking about it. It was him and and uh, Spade on Conan for some reason. And he was saying how he had to talk finally out of punching David Spade once. He was so angry at him. It's like, don't punch him. It's lose-lose because lose. if you punch him and he gets knocked out or whatever, you're a jerk. If you punch him and then he beats you up, You've lost you're the a fight. loser. <laughs> <laughs> you're the biggest loser in the world. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> Not don't hit him because he's your friend. It's yeah, like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was all kinds of crazy stories, some that I don't even really want to say on here because it sounds – Pretty fucked up. Yeah. I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> um Should we get into the verdict? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say, really.
1: I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you? What again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing
1: further, Your Honor. And that's all I had to say about that.
2: Now, this one—it's—it's uh, it's a funny one because yes, I enjoyed the rewatch. I can't put it as high as something like a Wayne's World, but I definitely liked it more than a, uh, than a Billy Madison. And then it's undeniable yeah. the fact that you know this guy's only done a handful of movies so it's it's a very special cultural artifact in many ways. Uh-huh. It's all we get, kind of. So objectively I'd probably only give this 3 stars but emotionally I want to give it like 4, you know what mm, I mean? Yeah. Um it's definitely a rewatch. Yeah, for all the reasons we've kind of said at this point. For me, um what about you, Greg? Yeah,
1: similar territory, mate. Yeah. Similar territory. Yeah. It was, I mean, as I said, I didn't really enjoy this movie. When I, if I first watched it, I can't, I'm not 100% clear on that. Yeah, one um, of those ones, yeah. But I watched it and it looked seemed familiar and I enjoyed it. It was like I had very low expectations. Right, okay. And Farley's I appreciate a lot more as I've got older. Yeah. And so I just enjoyed it. I'll give it a three, but a, like a, because it is, like this. the scripts, you know, yeah. pretty light on. But I just enjoyed it. You know, I had a good time. It's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable watch. Yeah. And it was just like, man, that guy was a pretty nice guy. Yeah. I see why he was so
2: popular. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they seem to have a pretty solid fucking crew, those guys. Yeah. He's it's a, it's a sad story. It is fucking sad. Man, I, I watched the Adam Sandler song again today. You did?
1: <sighs> I told Carol, that she teased him in the movie that I was going to make her watch this Adam Sandler yeah. song.
2: Fuck. And at first I was okay, and then there's a part of the oh, song then that the I forgot. Dust, the dust came in. Like, but I had to have ready? a moment. Ara walks in at the wrong time, obviously. Just give me a moment. Get out! Get out! Don't understand. It was thirty-three, man, only thirty-three. Fucking tragedy. Um, <clears throat> you know, most of our patented cultural cultural relevancy tests. Uh, this doesn't necessarily pass, but they're also kind of not really applicable. It's not that kind of movie. Mm. Special effects, for instance. Oh, there's a, there's a deer. There's a deer. It took them five weeks to get that shot of the deer on top oh, of the car, there apparently. There It actually did. Um, Bechdel test, definitely not. Did Simpsons do it? I don't believe so, unless there's some deep cut. Uh, I feel like I've
1: seen Tommy Boy maybe. on the TV in The Simpsons. Oh, no, um, Black Sheep. And it's you see, now pictures, to you and it's yeah, David Spade right. running around with Chris Farley running around a, a beehive or something. Is there a yeah. beehive in Butch?
2: Be, it could be family guy. Yeah, it feels a bit more that family guys. Family Guy, doesn't gosh, it? Yeah. Isn't it? Cutaway. Classic cutaway guy. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um, recast is, is not one of those movies either, is it? It's
1: not, but I feel like what did Carol say? Chris Valley walks, so Jack Black, good run.
2: Yeah, well that was one of the ones too I was thinking. I mean there's there's overlap, there's definitely some differences too but yeah, a lot of the yeah. roles when I was thinking what could Chris Farley have done if he was still alive, yeah. a lot of the Jack Black ones come to mm, mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, and
1: interestingly, did you see that picture, did I send you that picture of, uh, rest his soul as well, Brian Dennehy in his older age? Intense look. <laughs> quite intense. I thought he looked like Jack Black. Yeah. Like Jack Black's Actually, dad. yeah. Bizarrely, we'll put the pic. Yeah, up. R.I.P. did that great man too. But it's and an interesting we'll one because. We'll do him more in maybe we'll do First Blood one day or. Yeah. Or for Gladiator, sure. that film, The Gladiator, the boxing Oh, one yeah. I haven't seen
2: that one. Yeah. We've got to do that. we got We got to do that movie. But on the Jack Black thing, because I did think of that too in terms of probably the only recast I could think of, he's already too old for that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that there's no one. Like in that gap now. There's, there's not this type of. If you're out there, kids. Unless I'm forgetting someone, I don't think there is, right? Yeah, Jonah Hill's
1: gone a different direction.
2: Even even in his. Yeah, he's a bit days, he still probably. Different. Wouldn't quite fit the bill. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's no like party rocker. It's one of a kind, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There's a gap in the market, people. There's a
2: gap. Get out there. Get out there. I alluded to what we're doing next week, didn't I, Greg? Romeo and Juliet with the wives.
1: Okay, keep me
2: standing. That's how it goes. All are punished. Yeah. I we we were meant to
1: do it last year on our retreat, but we drank a lot of red wine. Yeah. And we didn't know where to run. Yeah. <laughs> um so I I'm looking forward to watching again because I did spoiler alert, I enjoyed that.
2: Me too. I think I'm always going to enjoy that. Well, I didn't really
1: yeah, – yeah, we'll get into that next We'll show. get into that. But that's exciting and then, well, then we're going to eat Korean barbecue. Yeah. Woo. Which I'm equally excited about.
2: Yeah. It's good. It's it's good going stuff. into a long
1: weekend. Exactly. Easter. It's all coming up, Millhouse. Yeah. In the meantime, someone asked for a better exit. So here you go. Here's me and
2: Tristan. Oh, no, I don't have anything. You don't have anything? <laughs> a friend of the show said – Hey, you need an outro that's as epic as your intro. Now, I don't know if you meant what we were saying or the song.
1: We just assume
2: people are tuned out by now. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how any of the podcasts I listen to end. I think they say,
1: and that's the end of that chapter.
2: I think they do with a scarf thingy. I just threw a picture. Oh, he could have played Homer Simpson on Police Cops. Mm, Chris Farley could have. Simpson. Yeah, that works. Uh Uh-oh, spaghetti Oh, There you go. Down by the river, Finn, Finn, by.